knowing full and well, everybody, that our double feature has a rough one, but I was eager to discuss it because it's the last of the missing uh, all-star comedies of NBC back in the day. Uh, do you know about these? Do you remember most of these? It started off with High School USA, Kinda, then yeah. Poison Ivy. Yeah, and, and, and those two were Nancy McKean and Michael J. Fox mixed in with other stars of the time from TV and stuff like that. And that formula got like kicked into full gear. They started doing like two a year. Um, if I remember, I thought you, I thought you specifically meant all the TV movies that they did. Well, yeah, there's a bazillion TV movies during the '80s and early '90s. Mother, may I sleep with danger? Uh, is my favorite title oh, wow. ever. Um, Does that one have Tori Spelling in it? Yeah, but it, most of them were heavy drama. There weren't a lot of comedies, and that that died out in the '90s. But there was a bunch of them in the '80s. And the ones that would gather, there was a formula basically that High School USA started. You grab a handful of people that were popular for your parents. You know, they were big in the 50s and 60s. And then you grab contemporary oh, sure. teen stars that were rising at that moment and put them together in some sort of situation that would be appealing to everybody. So you have High School USA and then you had Poison Ivy. Then it took a pause for a couple of years, but then it just blew up. There's Dream Date mm-hmm. with Christine Applegate and Matthew Perry and like 800 other people. Um, Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's not Dream Date. That's Dance Till Dawn. Sorry, Dance Till Dawn. Dream Date is the one with Kadeem Yeah, I knew, I knew there was a dance one, and I was trying to remember what it was. Both are kind of similar, because I think they're about around the prom. Uh, Dream Date is Kadeem Hardison and Tempest Bledsoe and Polly Shore. Uh, hmm, okay. That's the one that's not that well known. Then there was uh, Crash Course, which is like Teeny Gathers and Mark Price and a bunch of other people taking uh, the test for their um, license. Uh, and then, and then the, yeah, the, the one I that I kind of remember that the one that was missing forever, and some kind soul saved it and put it on YouTube was Class Croups, and uh, it, it's just kind of like that missing piece because um, uh, Ken Reed and I did an episode about most of these movies a few years ago, but we didn't do the last two, Camp Cucamonga and uh, uh, Class Cruise. I'm going to say one is... They're both silly. They're both complete nonsense, but I'm going to say Camp Cucamonga is definitely the uh, the winner. Yeah. You know what's funny? Is I just realized Crash definitely. Course, Class Cruise, Camp Cucamonga. Uh-huh. NBC had a thing with that alliteration. Oh, for sure. I mean, most things do. I, I don't get it. Is um, it. This is a real thing. I thought it was fake, only for the movie. But apparently there really are people who have semesters at sea, and that sounds insane to me. Why? Oh, I don't know. I mean, is it really that different from, like, semester abroad? I mean, I know lots of people who did that. Yeah, but you're all in Not one... Not high lo- school. But you're in one location, though. I would think that... Okay, so wait, hold on. Maybe they didn't show in the movie, but are you supposed to be stopping at ports and visiting those places, and that's part of your education, or you just stay on the boat the whole time? Yeah. Um, well, I think, yeah, they didn't really show that part, uh, but I do think that that would have, that should have been part of it is the stopping, but, um, I mean, they had teachers on the boat, um, but, uh, yeah, you're right, I think that is a, a part that they left out, I mean, they did show them stopping at certain places, but, uh, not, not for educational purposes, so I don't know. I think there was a missing missing link to explain the value of that experience. Yeah, because that everybody's getting cabin fever. I can't imagine spending four months on a boat. I would go insane. 
Yeah, I think that sounds kind of gross. <laughs> Especially every time, every time I hear about sorry, cru- every time I hear about cruises, it's like uh, food poisoning and motion sickness, and uh, you know. Uh, well, have you ever been on a cruise? You have, haven't you? Yeah, I've been on like three or four. Really? I. How did you feel about that? Uh-huh. Could you spend how long were we on one? One week, two weeks. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I think the longest I was on was for a week. Yeah, can you just imagine um, months on end? I don't. I don't know. I don't think that it would be like something I would want to do for that long. Um. Yeah, I went on my honeymoon on a cruise. You didn't. I mean, that was part of it. You didn't know that. No, I, I forget all these things. I don't even know where I was this morning. I mean, it's a. I think it I definitely <laughs> has its benefits. But like I, I, what I feel really bad about is the people who work on cruise ships. Oh God, I mean, we know we know a friend of yours. So right? bad. Yeah, they have to be on that thing mm-hmm. all the time, and just I would I would go nuts. Yeah, but so um, those are especially because because they have to like be in the very depths of the boat, oh, and God. that's where like the the low the lower you are, the more. Um, you know, you experience the, like, the weird stuff. The claustrophobia. Like, the claustrophobia and, the, um, <clears throat> you know, just, like, the waves j- bumping you around oh, and stuff. Oh, God. The lower, you, the lower you are, the more you feel it. Yeah, I can't. I can't even do water. So, I can't. I, 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 we live by the ocean. So, I barely got it. I just, uh, but um, we should probably talk so about the movie. So, to sum up, <laughs> no, I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. The, uh, the plot of this movie is the rich private school kids are taking their uh, annual semester abroad and the local school system decides that public school students are allowed to uh, go on the cruise, like a handful of them. Uh, but here's the thing I forget. Mm-hmm. Did they excel at something or did their parents pay? I can't remember. How did the kids get on or were they just chosen uh- random? I think it, it felt like it was a random thing because I have no idea how they got chosen. They did not say any of that, explain it, any of it. Because they don't seem like they're the sh- like the, the top of the class, you know? I mean, well, maybe... Yeah, Andrew they're Dells. not the cream of the crop. Right. So I wonder if it was just kind of a lottery system. If you wanted to, you could sign up for it or whatever, and then they just choose a handful of people. Yeah, maybe... I really am not sure. There was a lot of... I mean, I, I realize it's not that important to the plot line, but there's a lot of details that they, like, skip over. Yeah, it's... it's Like, how do they... How do they let a kid go uh, a semester at sea when he is afraid of swimming pools? Right? Let alone huge bodies of water. Boy, does Mark Price yeah. have to do so much lifting in this movie. He's basically carrying all the comedy. And I commend him, even though it doesn't always work. Agreed. Uh, so here's the cast, real quick. Uh, these are the teen stars rising at the moment, and they're always trying to make them like bigger names. It, it rarely ever worked. Most of the guys uh, um, weren't already established. Usually didn't make it. Um, Billy Warlock, who I think at the time had just been on Baywatch, who I had no idea was nearly thirty when he appeared in this movie. Thirty. Oh. He's got that wow. Scott Wolf factor going. He does. He really does look a lot like Scott Wolf. And they both played much younger people than they really were. Yes. Uh, Michael Deloise is I'm a familiar fucking with that. gem. 
Yes, you are. What was the last time? I know. Time? Well, we, I think we discussed this before, but when was the last time that you got, uh, hey, would you like the children's menu? Weren't you like 26? And you were like, what the fuck, lady? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was far, far, far too old to have that children's menu, but I don't think I was 26. But I have, I have a lot of people comment on how I can't, po- they don't understand how I could possibly do X, Y, and Z because I couldn't possibly be old enough, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. It's, it's a blessing and a curse, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the acting world, clearly it's a blessing. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking at you, Gabrielle Union. <laughs> oh my God, I know she's ageless. It's ridiculous. Well, also, who was the other one I was yeah. thinking of? Um, she was in a movie with her. Uh, Kelly Who still looks like she's uh, below 40, easily. Oh, Kelly Who. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, I can see that. Um, okay, so I'll finally say it now. Michael DeLuise is a gem that we somehow forgot about. Um, he is the most enjoyable yes. part of this Great. movie. I think that he is so fun and clever, and it's weird how many times he played a villain when he seems like he's like the best uh, wise-ass kind of Fletch character. I have to say that I kind of felt like he was in an entirely different movie. Yeah, he's working his ass off. Well, everybody else is just kind of, they're not bad actors, but they're just kind of doing the typical TV movie level acting, whereas he looks like he's trying to shine, so he gets into big screen films, which worked. He ended up in a couple big movies. I mean, I feel like he and Richard Mole are really the only ones committing a lot of energy to this. Yeah. Oh my god. Richard Mole is working is overtime. That his name? Yeah, I don't blame Ray yeah. Waston, of course, because he always seems like he's been eighty. Um and he's he's always oh, good. Yeah. But Richard Mole is also working overtime to get his jokes work. And, and Richard Mole's character is trying to make uh Ray Walston's character seem like he's losing it so he finally retires and he gets his own ship and he gets up to some devious schemes. Well he wants him to be like forced to retire, yeah. basically. So he has a lot of harebrained schemes that really like are are really pushing it plot wise and like logical logic wise, but you know he's doing the best with what he's got. Whatever happened to him? I feel like he was so beloved on Night Court, and then the minute Night Court was overdone, is it because he grew his hair out <laughs> and a beard? <laughs> well, it was kind of weird to see him with hair. I admit because you're so used to him like a certain way. So I don't know. Um, we also have Brooke Theus, who is one of the girls from Just the Ten of Us, a show I cannot find anywhere. I used to, we used to watch that oh, show yeah. all the time. It was much better. It was a spinoff and much better show than uh, where it came from, which was Growing Pains. Yeah. Well, did you notice the minute Just the Ten of Us came out that Growing Pains went from, that's okay, to, oh, this kind of sucks. Because half the writers from Growing Pains went over to Just the Ten of Us, and then that's when um, Kirk Cameron became a big star, started swinging his weight, and uh, that's when the show sucked. Well, I mean, that's that's one of the risks of doing a spinoff is, like, of course you have to, like, find writers and stuff, and they're almost always going to be, like, at least some of the core people from your show. I mean, that was a huge risk of, like... You know, Angel and oh, things like that. Yeah, exactly that, what I was going to say. Know. Buffy and Angel is one of the few that actually worked out. Yeah. Uh, but that's not to say that, it, you know, who knows what kind of struggles they might have had. So anyway. on, on the uh, the appeal for the older people, you have McLean Stevenson from MASH. I can't find his name, but the dad from the Hogan family is in this, and so is Shelley Fabre. 
What the hell is that guy's name? You remember you remember that show, right? I don't, I don't know, but I was like, he's the dad. I knew he was a TV dad. I just didn't remember what show. What show did you say he was on? He was the dad on uh, what started off as uh, the Valley Harper show, I think, and then it became the the Hogan family, or no, Valerie's family, then Hogan oh. family, then the Hogans. <laughs> How does the show last that long? I couldn't remember. I changes? knew he. I knew he looked familiar, but I wasn't sure from what. Yeah, he's uh, wow. The the bad kid. I didn't. I didn't recognize who he was. He's pretty good though as a villain. But he's one of these uh, soap opera guys. He's from Knott's Landing. He's a smarmy blonde kid. He's so perfect. Uh-huh. He doesn't talk like that. I, I mean, like he that. he's sort of just like, you know. I mean, pretty much most most of the characters are pretty typical. I mean, stereotypical, especially all of the, like, snooty kids. Uh, which is weird, because there was really only, like, th- they only really showed, like, three of them. Mm-hmm. But it was really supposed to be, like, 90 to the 95% of the group. Right. Did you think So that, that was a little confusing. The kid that's with him, the, the bad guy, did you yeah. think that was the brother from yeah. Blossom? No. Really? Because I was convinced for half the movie, I go, oh, well, that's a kid from Blossom, the older brother or whatever. I guess this is one of his first roles. I kept looking. I'm going, something's not right. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, no. He just kind of looks similar. He looked... He, I can see a similarity, but no, it never crossed my mind. Here's the weirdest thing. I'm looking at IMDb right now, and that's why I can't find his name, is Shelley Fabre and the dad from Hogan Family aren't listed as if they're in this movie. I'm going to look up his name, damn it. Scoozy? I'm looking That's it up weird. right. You mean the one, the one who is supposed to be like her husband that she was separated from? Yeah, the Hogan family. Oh. Why are you not giving me this show as if it got erased from time? What if it happened? What if a show got erased and you never ever saw it again? Like, oh, I saw the like all five seasons. We don't know what you're talking about. Erase, erase. I mean, have you have you seen the movie yesterday? Oh, is that the one about the Beatles? Have you heard like, of that? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's the one where... And how, he... like, some, something happens and the Beatles are just, like, erased from history yeah. to, to everyone but this one guy. It's uh, Josh Taylor it's, it's, was the dad. Very interesting concept. Yeah, it's... Uh, this Josh is Taylor. This is written by guys who actually went on to do some decent stuff. They created The Pretender. Do you remember that show? Kind of. That's the one where the guy would become someone new every single episode and infiltrate, like, some group, uh, you know, like uh, like uh, criminals, whatever. And, and I remember it was on for, like, three or four years, but uh, they're from Indianapolis? No shit. That's pretty cool. There are apparently some smart people from the state of Indiana. Who knew? It ain't me. That was a complete <laughs> uh, He created that tin... The Tin Man miniseries with uh, Emily Desch- or not, Zoe Deschanel that we liked. He created that. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Um, yeah, I like that movie. But yeah, too. this is one of those just really... Uh, it's kind of just a, hey, I'll work on something and watch this in the background kind of movie. Yeah. But... I mean, to be fair, with the exception of a few things like, you know, the, the, the uh, preppy kid versus the, like, you know regular kids and then the plot line with like Richard Mull there really isn't a lot a lot of plot it's all just like little bits here and there helping the kid learn to swim 
the girl trying to get her parents back together. I mean, it's all just little bits. There's really not a lot. Yeah, it really plot. does feel like an extended episode of Love Boat where nothing really mattered. It was all wrapped up easily. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you right now, Camp Cucamonga breaks the formula for the most part of what they were trying to do in these movies. And the only thing that's copied is, hey, grab some older actors to appeal to the parents and grab some younger actors. I think it even breaks the mold of some of the camp movies because I keep expecting all yeah. these cliches and it's still, it keeps changing it and you don't expect certain things to happen. And it is, oh my God, how many times have we watched this movie as a kid? This is one of those VHS tapes that oh, we just Oh, I don't know, out. at least a dozen. Yeah, and it holds up. I would, it's I still, would say at the least, yeah. Yeah, it's silly fun. I mean, it's kind of goofy, but it's, I mean, not, I mean, it's kind of hokey, but not in a, unenjoyable way if that makes sense right there are some heavy elements the kids are not that good of actors it, it, but some are really amazing and I, I but what I like about it is it's so fast paced there's fun gags they, they go on these little adventures it's it's kind of an anthology movie too like the way Class Cruise was where it's not you can't call it a road trip kind of concept but that's how it's broken up I mean, you do realize, though, that this is supposed to take place over the course of, like, one week. What? Are you I'm kidding me? I'm pretty sure. I had no I, idea. At least, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I really thought that it was, like, one week. And I was just like, I don't understand how, like, you know, Jennifer Aniston's character kept feeling so sad for, like, Lindsay. She's like, no mail today, Lindsay. Maybe tomorrow. And I'm like, she's only there for a fucking week. I know. Week. How, to, how fast does mail move? Why does have so much mail? <laughs> hey, um, you've, so been, I don't know. you've Maybe been to I'm camp, off. right? Yes. Okay, how long were you gone? I was only gone for a week. I've only been to camp once, and I was gone for a week, and I was camp like, oh. Camp is gross. Camp is gross. And camp is weird. There's um, some fucking weird people. I went... I went to camp once in, like, middle school, and it was for a week, and then um, I did this weird thing for, in college, where I was a camp counselor for, like, a class. Ah, you're cutting out. You can't hear me? Nope, not at all. Pause. Anyway. Sorry, buddy. It's having a little difficulty. So. Sorry. Okay, so what I was saying was it was for a class in college where I was actually at camp now as a counselor. Do you, Did you know about that? I do anyway. not remember this at all. What year was this? Um... 2001 or 2002? I don't know. Okay, so this is when you are anyway, in college. Anyway, okay. so... Yeah. That's what I said. I was in college. Oh, was sorry. I missed that part. Sorry. Okay. So, so, and then I, <coughs> excuse me, and then I was, did that for two weeks. It, it's very different perspective when you're on the other end. But I would say the enjoyability is just about the same. Not very high. <laughs> no, it's not. I can't. <laughs> camp in movies is ten times more interesting than camp in life. You know the one thing they never address in camp movies, except for Wet Hot American Summer finally did it. The kid who won't clean himself. There was a kid in uh -huh. our wing that just would not take a friggin' shower. 
and the whole week and he slept in his jeans and it was fucking weird it was like 900 degrees and just same thing all day long and he was writing Alien 4 and we all thought that was ridiculous because Ripley died in part 3 there's no way they'll make a 4 they made a 4 um, I bet those pants could stand up by themselves. Probably, after a week. yeah. They're shellac. My God. Uh, yeah, camping yeah, is never. Know, I mean, they never camp have camp showers are gross too. So I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I hear the camp goes for a whole month. I never hear for go the whole summer though. Oh. Are you okay? I mean, oh. I've only seen it in fiction. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. Unless you're a camp counselor, I don't know. So in this movie, the rising stars. We have two from uh, The Wonder Years. I'm uh, trying to fix this. Come here. Uh, Dana, McK- I can't say the name. Danica McKellar, uh, who's Lindsay, and uh, Josh Saviano, who is Max. Max is the linchpin the entire movie, and I've never seen someone more spazzy in my life, and that's including me. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, he, you know me well enough to know that I'm kind of like his character. I'm kind of a spaz, and I try too hard, and I just fuck it up. Well, I mean, when I was younger, when I actually gave a shit about the world! (laughs) I kind of feel like, I mean, that whole, like, steak incident could have happened to you. Yes, it could have, but I still watch him going, uh, what is it, steak a la Max? I'm like, dude, at some point, check it. Why didn't you check it? You never actually looked at it. (laughs) I know. It's, I mean, there's a lot of cliches. There's a lot of hijinks, you know. There's a lot of, like, oh, the promiscuous camp counselor sneaking off at night, blah, blah, blah. But then, but then, stuff happens that you don't expect. So, like... He fucks up, and he admits it, and then he tries to fix it. You know? Here is the funny that thing. That kind of stuff. Do you know the football guy? His name, for some reason, isn't listed here. They, they, they stop on the cast with Sherman Hemsley. Oh, no, no, I just had to hit full cast. Okay, so I don't know his name, but he was the football kid. There's the main cast, and there's always the subset characters. You know, like the girl who's a new age, sure. and she's got a cure for everything. The kid who's fat, who eats oh. all the time. That's a cliche that never, yes. ever should come back. I'm dead serious. Do not make the fat kid eat all the time. It's fucking gross and offensive. Yeah. Troy. His name but, is John Snee? That sounds like something from a Harry okay. Potter book. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Schneebly. <laughs> um, but, uh, Wait, what's, he... that? what's that from? I have no idea. Shoot. Never mind. It's some movie and the character's name is Schneebly or something. Okay. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Um, his character is kind of the uptight football rule-following kind of guy, and everybody treats him like he's the fucking wet blanket and a pain in the ass. But I'm telling you right yeah. now, he is the only one with any decency because these little brats go with a friggin' video camera to shower or to the shower room oh, whatever to film them. That part made me squirm, and uh, it was gross. Yeah, and I just kept going. Okay, so the hero. We're not going to focus on the, the nice kid, the one that follows rules? Well, forget it then. Okay. And also, to be fair, group of complete strangers, uh, g- teenage girls, do not all go decide to shower together and then sing, like, oldies tunes. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> 
Um, we also have I, I, I and he's sorely missed is Chad Allen, who is I think the best oh, part is he's so good in this. Whatever happened to him? I have no clue, dude. I know that he made. I kind of forgot wa- about him. He made some waves because he had come out of the closet and he had done some detective movies for I can't remember what channel it was. Um, where he was an openly really? gay, yeah, openly gay detective. I think, think they did like three or four of them, and they were critically acclaimed. But then it looks right here he has not acted in almost ten years, which is a shame because I think he's. I had talented. no idea. What was that I, show that he was? I'm on? pretty was sure it? that he was one of my. He was one of my, you know, uh, <laughs> te- tween year crushes. Right, Tiger Beat always had him in there. Yes. But wasn't he on, like, a TV... I mean, obviously, he was on a TV show, but I don't remember what it was. I think it was called Our House. With Wilford Brimley and his giant mustache. Oh, I think that was my introduction to Wilford Brimley. Before the oatmeal commercials. Or (laughs) Or Hard Target? (laughs) Speaking gibberish? Or Hard Target, of course. (laughs) Uh, We have Breckin Meyer, who... um, I don't, I don't know if this is his first role, but he's uh, fantastic. He's always been fantastic. You know what? He's freaking quality, man. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Candace Cameron, who is who is the actual wet blanket in this movie, who is a pain in the ass and kind of a bitch. Yes, she is. She just whines so much. And she's so fucking mean to Lindsay for no reason. Yes, but it gets all fixed in the end. It does, and that was a kind of surprise that they they don't fix the relationship. They switch places. Yeah, but they kind of come to an agreement, which is, you know, I'll I'll take it. And uh, Jaleel White, surprisingly, this is right before he really took off. Do you remember seeing the very first episode of uh, Family Matters with him? And we thought he was hilarious, and that was going to be it, just a one and done. No, I don't really remember. I don't think I want to remember. But it's kind of sad. Oh, I think that's... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that he was... He's maybe more known for being a Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, which I forgot. Oh, right, Chad. Chad I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I never saw that show, but I know that was on for years. But Jaleel White, this is before he really blew up and before Family Matters just became the Urkel show, which is what they should have just called it. And he was cool. He was... Cool. Yeah, he's really cool in this, and I like him like this. I wish the Urkel hadn't taken off as much. Yeah, I agree. Now, I'm curious about what the producers were thinking when they said, hey, we got this kid's movie. It's meant for families. We're going to hire this assassin who was imprisoned for the whole uh, Nixon years. Let's get G. Gordon Liddy, because as you know... Kids love G. Gordon Liddy. What the fuck? <clears throat> was he the guy who was the actual, like, inspector? Uh-huh. Why? He did, oh, like, I wasn't, five or six I movies. didn't know who he was. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's part of the whole Whitewater thing, and I guess he was, like, a hired gun for Nixon oh. and stuff like that. He got convicted, and when he got out of jail, he got an agent to get him on talk shows, and then I guess he did okay, and he started getting Do you mean roles. Watergate? What'd I say? Do you... You said Whitewater. Oh, well, I don't know why I said that. You mean Watergate? Yeah, I mean Watergate. Oh, okay, thanks. I just wanted to make sure I was understanding. Yeah. Interesting. And I'm the say- lady who is like 
the lady who is like his wife or whatever, uh, you know, um, from Mama's family. What's the, yes, from Mama's family. I was like trying to remember John Ratzenberger. Is this his only starring role ever? I, I think it is. That's what I was discussing <laughs> with someone else. I was just like, I think this is the only time he's been the main character. Like he's in House Two. In a couple other smaller movies, but this is the first time his name is like at the top, and it's weird. <laughs> it is, but I also think we missed a good opportunity to make him a great second banana. Why is he not on a TV show right yeah. now as like the wacky weirdo neighbor? I, th- I think he's a gem, and and people... I... maybe because he d- doesn't want to be the wacky weirdo neighbor. Maybe he is Pixar's go-to like Lucky Charm. He is. That's too, totally true. And, you know, respect. Like, he's been working with them forever. <laughs> uh, and, and I guess he does, like, a lot of voice work for video games, too? That makes sense. Yeah, if that's that. more comfortable to him than it pays the bills, hell, I would do that. Think about how much you get paid for just, you know, walking into a studio saying ten things. And they're like, are we good? Cool, give me my $10,000 amount. I would do it. I mean, it's my it's my dream to be a, a, a voice actor. It's my dream to be a Muppet. Not a puppeteer. I want to be an actual Muppet. Someone change me, please. <laughs> I think... I just want to be felt. Muppet-esque ah, qualities. Let's, let's see if we can make that happen. Yeah. We just have to be in an episode of Angel. <laughs> um... So this is before Jennifer Aniston really took off. I think she had been in the pilot yes. episode of Ferris Bueller, and it was just about to go to series. I think it was going to start in the next couple weeks. Do you remember? Ferris Bueller and Hall High were the hot talked-about teen shows, and they thought those are going to be the hits. Uh-huh. But over on Fox, we got Parker Lewis and 90210, and those were the two hits. Parker Lewis was actually a hit? Well, okay, let's say it was a cult falling. It lasted three seasons on Fox. You have to make a decent amount of ratings to last that long. I just, I only said it like that because, you know, we've talked before about how, like, I don't actually know when stuff is popular or not popular. I just know if I liked it or not. That's like, (laughs) I never paid attention to that stuff like you did. I just was like, oh, I dug this show, or I didn't. So I love that show. I know we we watched it all the time, but I didn't actually know if it was popular. Yeah, but that Ferris Bueller show sucked ass. I watched the first episode, and I was like, no, I'm good if I never watch this again. I I can move on with my life. Yeah, I think I might have watched it, too. Yeah. But... Uh, and if it wasn't no for Cam Cucamonga, who know what would happen to Jennifer Aniston's career? <laughs> I'm sure that was like the defining moment of her career. <laughs> or you... maybe, just maybe, it was that one episode of Quantum Leap she did just a few years later. Really? I didn't know she was ever on the show. I don't know. So she did one episode in 1992. Oh, okay. And then um, there was Leprechaun, Leprechaun, which is as cheesy as hell. Anyway, I think she probably would have made it anyway. You know, I think it's funny is that you and I, uh, I really thought this was a movie that only you and I watched, ever heard of. No one knew what the hell we are talking about. And little did I know that like five years later, it got sold to whatever it was at the time, Disney Family or ABC Family, Fox Family, um, as a different title. What was it? What I Did Last Summer or something like that? How I Spent My Summer? I don't have a clue. 
There is another, there's an alternate name to this. And it aired over and over and over. The second Jennifer Aniston took off on Friends is when they repackaged this on DVD and television under a Hmm. different name. But then they went back to Camp Cucamonga for the DVD release, I think. Yeah, I have no clue at all. I, um, oh, it does say how I spent my summer. Yeah, but that's how a lot of people saw this was in cable reruns during the summers. And I had no idea that most people do know this movie. They just knew it under a different title for a while. Hmm. I had no idea that anyone had ever seen it. And to be fair, I still haven't met anyone else who's ever seen this movie. Well, I hang around a, a extreme nerds. Fucking pathetic nerds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I have, my friends are nerds, but I think they're nerdy in a different, yeah, you're, different you're way. Yeah, you're book so. nerds, man. You know how to read. I have no idea. I can only read IMDb We're punk-ass book jockeys. <laughs> can I talk about Brian Robbins and his weird way of talking? It's so unique. Hair? He's, Brian Robbins. His hair? He has, yeah, his hair is uh, insane, but he was from, He does have a very interesting speech pattern. Yeah, he's from Head of the Class. He's a very well-known director now, even though I don't remember the last thing that he directed. He did a bunch of Eddie Murphy movies, and it seemed like it dried up after that. Um, didn't he... Didn't he do a lot of stuff in, like, the 2000s? Didn't he do, like, and I could totally be wrong, but, like, that one football movie? Yeah, Varsity like Blues. Yeah, that was his, that was his one Blues. big hit. He did, uh, let's go through his filmography real quick. Uh, start off Didn't with, he do a bunch of stuff with the other guy from, um... Dennis Blunden? The other... <laughs> yes, with him. Didn't they do stuff together on Nick? They did, Nickelodeon Dan Schneider. Shows? But uh, they did Keenan and Kel, and what's that? What is that sketch show? Is it all that? All that. Okay, so they worked on that together. Uh, then I know they did all Good, that. <laughs> Good Burger, Varsity Blues, Ready to Rumble, Hardball, The Perfect Score, The I Shaggy love... Dog. What? Sorry, I was gonna say I really love Good Burger. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's um, really funny. He hasn't directed anything since A Thousand Words, which is almost a decade ago with uh, Eddie Murphy. He's mostly a producer now. Maybe he, he did too too many movies with, with Eddie. Yeah, it looks like he's done about a dozen shows for Nickelodeon over the years, so there you go. He also did Birds of Prey and The Perfect Score. Yeah. Huh. We're going to discuss that eventually. I, I want to talk about the first couple uh, movies with um, Chris Evans before he broke out. With oh, that. yay. Yeah, because the perfect score has got to be on there. Um, I mean, are we going to – we're going to watch the other one, the – you know, the other one. Not another teen movie? What are we talking yes. about? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's what I meant. Sorry. Sorry. Um, the last thing I want to say about this movie is another gem who I, I think is underappreciated and kind of forgotten is Sherman Hemsley, who in the 80s was gold from the Jeffersons and Amen. And wh- I'm going to tell you right now, his ability to do physical comedy but not do the obvious physical comedy, you know, like the slapsticky throwing your body around, a lot of it is in his facial and hand features, whatever. When he's telling the scary story, but he keeps fucking it up, <laughs> I, I love his frustration, but he's so, he's so excited. And the two kids went up the house, and the creature said, uh, dang it, I forgot it. And they're all like, oh, God, you wasted a half hour. 
Yeah, it was. Just there's a lot of really good, like, little scenes in there that are gems. Yeah, it's a lot of it's about the relationships, and it really focuses uh, smartly on that. There's there's the cliche where they have the contest, you know, the competition against a rival camp, which is a huge cliche in camp movies. But they kind of push Uh that off to the side. That's not the important thing. Most important part thing is that they're trying to save Lindsay. Yes. I guess Which that's is it. nice. Yeah, I just there's a lot of fun stuff in this. I love it when they go camping and they get lost during the whole steak making thing or whatever, and they have to come together as a team and use like uh, the the pantyhose to catch fish. Uh, oh yeah, that was kind of fun. So here's what I don't understand though: when the <clears throat> excuse me, when John Ratzenberger's character goes out to find them and he does find them why did he have them all just sleep in the woods i mean they were already in the, the woods the it does seem silly he walked there how far away did were they just walked back right why didn't he just like have them like he knew the way back because he found them that's the whole problem is that they got lost like why did he have them sleep in the freaking woods? Like that's not i just that part really bothered me. was there still a bear out there Am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure. Just, yeah, get them to the safety. Don't, don't have them stay out there. That's one of my main issues. I mean, it's not like it has the, you know, it's not like a super intellectual film or anything, but that was the one thing that I was just like, I don't get this thought process. I have to let go of the fact that I have no idea how these kids put together a music video in such a short time <laughs> in one week and got it advertised and saved the camp. And why they let I mean, Josh, why did they let Max dance around like that? Oh my God. Oh, I don't know. But I mean, it really changes perspective of this whole thing if it in fact took place in a week's time, which I really think it does. It doesn't make any sense how they get make a video, produce it, get it distributed, put on TV and get seen by the right people. None of it makes sense. Yeah. Wild. But just don't think that hard. But you, yeah, you just have to let go and say, "Oh yeah." Just oh, enjoy yeah. <laughs> the amazing rap. Oh, and oh, it's yeah. good. It's legitimately oh, yeah. good. I, I was actually surprised. <laughs> Your standards are low. Shut up. They are low. Yeah. They are low. That's why we love this movie. Yes, <laughs> that's why I let it go. But I, I'm going to say right now, it, I think it's my favorite of all of those teen uh, movies that were on NBC. High School USA being another one because it has Crispin Glover in it and Anthony Edwards and they're both weird. Mm, I don't know that I've seen that, so I will have to hold my opinion until I can witness that disaster because I would love to see the two of them being bizarre. High School USA was so successful that they were going to turn it into a TV series. But Michael hmm. J. Fox could not return it. His character, neither could Nancy McKean, so they went to recast it. They shot the pilot. Uh, it didn't work out. They shot another pilot. They offered the lead, I shit you not, to Joel Hodgson from Mystery Science Theater 3000. He wanted nothing huh. to do with it. He thought the, the role was stupid. He thought the show was stupid. And instead of trying to huh. find him another project that was more suitable, they just kept throwing uh. more money at him. And he got so disgusted <laughs> by it that he walked away and went back home to Minnesota to create Mystery Science Theater 3000. 
that explains so much, and thank you for having so much integrity, good sir. Yeah. Did you know he also auditioned for Woody on Cheers? Oh, huh. He said I he have didn't... no clue. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know anything about this guy. Well, he was hot huh. for. He was really, really hot for a moment because he was on David Letterman a bunch, and he was on Saturday Night Live like six times in one year, back when they used to have huh. these segments where they would do magic or other gimmick stuff. Um, Weird. I didn't know. And he was so popular, NBC signed him to a deal, and he says the only reason he didn't get the role of Woody on Cheers is that his name wasn't already Woody. <laughs> <laughs> well, Woody Harrelson is his <laughs> lucky coincidence, huh? Was his character's name really Woody? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. They must have changed it for the show because there's no way that a guy named Woody just happens to audition and get the role of Woody. That's fair. It's like Tony oh, Danza man. and Who's the Boss. It had to have just been written as Tony. Because people are so clever and creative. I couldn't figure out my name, Angela. Mona. <laughs> what, what's his daughter's name? Oh, shit. What was her name in this? <laughs> Angela. I ever, you put me on this. Samantha. You put me on the spot. I got Samantha. <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we're going to end up discussing this. We, 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 we talked off the air, I think, about doing a season of just TV shows that were teen-oriented. And eventually, oh man, some of these family shows eventually hit the years where they were in the whole teen world, and and then uh, Growing Pains, Facts of Life. Uh, I don't know if I can do different strokes though. No way, it's, it's going to be too rough. Uh, yeah, we'll have to think about that. Yeah. All okay. right. So, uh, anything else you want to say about either one of these movies before we go? Nah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um. That is it here. Check us out on Video Nights Podcast. We are the spinoff of that. And, uh, Mindy, uh, any plugs? Plugs, plugs, plugs before you go, go, go? I don't do anything. What are you even talking about? I don't know. I don't know why. Just, uh, you're you're back in quarantine again, which sucks. Yeah, it's cool, man. I go to work once in a while, but mostly I just stay home in my sweatpants. Yeah. Now, you're not literally in quarantine. I was literally in quarantine, and I was going stir-crazy. Forced quarantine. Because, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I had vacation hours, but I, you know, I just I wanted to save them for an actual vacation. But who, who's going anywhere? Are anyway? you actually? Are you still recording? This? I am still recording. The people care about my life. I'm a narcissist. They obviously oh, care. My bad. I didn't. I don't know that much about your fan base. I did. Hello, it's, fan it's, base. It's me and this puppet that I wear. That's a shark. His name's Finn. personal plug but we just found out that bill and ted's is going to be going straight to video on demand uh there's gonna, it's gonna be in some theaters i think they're gonna put it in the drive-in theaters which i'm excited uh at least it's going to be in some theaters i'm just happy it's made and uh what is that september 1st labor day weekend is when it's coming out 
cool. I will tell you, I watched the trailer for it last night. I know this is off subject, but you brought it up. I watched the trailer last night, and I am beyond ecstatic about their, like, casting choices for their kids. Uh, the girl who is playing um, the daughter of Keanu's character is the funniest, weirdest girl, and she is perfect, and uh, she's on a show that I like on Netflix called Atypical. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but uh, I've really heard of it, good. but I've never seen it. Anyway, it's so good, and she's like, I just feel like, just from seeing the trailer, I'm very pleased with the, the casting Oh, of that's her. good. So, and, yeah, so we yeah. are going to be doing the Bill and Ted double feature right before that comes out, but before that, between the two... We have Dirty Dancing and The In Crowd. In Crowd, I'm sure you've never heard of. It's not that 2000 thriller movie. This is a dance movie set in the 60s, and it's wonderful. I love dance movies. I love dance movies, too. Yes. Uh, at some point, we're going to watch Save yes. the I, I missed all of the dance movies, though. Uh, what was, They got revived with, what, Save the Last Dance, right? I guess so, yeah, I suppose. I haven't seen a single dance That's... movie after that. Like, I've never seen that one and beyond. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Eventually, you haven't I... seen Step Up? I've never seen a single Step Up. Oh, my God. I've only seen the first one because the only... I I mean, I don't know if their other ones are any good, but I really like the first one. That, and I've never seen any of the high school oh, musicals. What? This is all stuff we're going to hit eventually, but... Um, but that's okay. what's next. Dirty Dancing and the In Crowd, because I think it's a good summer, uh, right? Dirty Dancing takes place during the summer, right? Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's what we'll do next. And everybody, thank you for this episode and my constant giggling. <laughs> Giggling's the best, man. It is. In times like this, it's good to laugh. I have become so ridiculously silly at work. Yeah. I walked around with... Uh, we have this stuff called Hot Shots. It's, it's like burning pellets, whatever. It was covered in black plastic. And I said, fuck it. I took it and I wrapped it around my neck as a cape and I walked through the store like this. And I don't care anymore. Very nice. Yes. I like it. And I kept telling people they failed me for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> you have failed this city. <laughs> we have to go. Bye, everybody. I know. <laughs>